0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Living Inspired Podcast with me, your host, Carla Herschel. So today's session is going to be super fun because I posted this poll on my Instagram story about what you guys wanted to hear about. And you wanted to hear more about how your body, your relationship with your body is a reflection of the relationship that you have going on in your mind. So let me explain how you do anything is how you do everything. And our relationship with our body is something so intimate, so personal. And, you know, it's obviously such a crucial part of who we are. So it can tell us a lot about ourselves. Money is another example of a a relationship that will show us a lot about ourselves and actually reveal a lot about how we think. But we're not talking about money today we are talking about our beautiful physical bodies and i find it interesting that you guys wanted to hear about it from this perspective because i don't really talk that much about the physical body anymore like i used to work in health and fitness and it was all i talked about <laughs> and it's it's interesting because like i said with my podcast with chloe I really feel like I've sort of moved on from this focus on the physical body where I've really healed so many aspects of myself that worried about the way that I looked and I've kind of let it go. But most of the world is still really interested in how their physical body looks and their self-worth is tied up in how their physical body looks. So I'm really pleased to be talking about this sort of topic again and I want to help to shift other people out of that old mindset. Now you can't really just move on from this way of thinking. Like a lot of people will tell you to just think positively about your body um, don't worry about it and they just tell you oh no one actually cares about how you look and we might know logically that these things are true but our unconscious beliefs are deeply rooted and they have usually been a part of our life and our identity for for our whole life like since we were kids so it's not something that you can just let go of and that is why so many people get stuck sort of pursuing like the six-pack abs or pursuing trying to be really skinny even though they know logically that it doesn't fulfill them and that there is no real happiness for them there so I want to explain logically how you can actually move on and start to heal these beliefs and how the whole rest of your life will benefit from this mindset change as well. So I'm going to use one of my clients sort of as an example, as my reference point, let's call her Sally. (laughs) So Sally, you know, runs her own business and that's why she is working with me like to show up with more confidence, to make more sales, to make more money. But it came up that she's feeling really unhappy with her body. And at first she even hesitated to say that because For some reason, like she had this belief that I couldn't help her with her body or that it wasn't relevant to her life or to her business. But how we do anything is how we do everything. So if there is a block around your body, it's definitely something we need to explore. So I said, okay, well, which parts of your body are you feeling unhappy with? And she was feeling uncomfortable in her body and she felt bad whenever she was too big And as if she was not allowed to be larger, that being large was a bad thing. And as a result, she would hold her tension in her stomach. And this was a habit she had built up from trying to essentially hold her stomach in and have a flatter stomach. But then throughout her lifetime, and as she steps into adulthood, this is developing like a real actual issue. And there's a lot of trapped emotion that she has literally physically held in and contained in her stomach. And I mean, it was interesting hearing this because how many women do you think feel this way? Or perhaps men as well. I would imagine there's a lot. I remember when I was dancing and I would do the same thing. I'd be squeezing my abs all the time, wanted to make sure it looked like I had a flat stomach, you know, sucking in after eating. It would be really prevalent in our society. So I started to ask her, What is so bad about being large, being larger? And you can reflect on these questions yourself. Why are we afraid of that? How do you know when you're having a large day or a small day? What are the physical signs? How can you tell? Because this was for her. If she felt larger, she would feel bad. And she'd be like, well, I'm not allowed to have fun today because I look large. I need to make myself smaller. How can you tell when you are having a large day? And the issue with this is, as my client Sally said, there would be days where she woke up feeling small and she'd feel really fantastic. And then a photo would be taken on that day and she'd be small. But then she would look back at this photo maybe a week later and then be like, oh, no, I was wrong. I actually look large and I feel embarrassed now that on that day I was wrong or I misinterpreted it. So how can these things be misinterpreted? What are the signs that you are going off that decide if you are large or small today? And how do you know when you are the right size? Essentially, the conclusion that we came to is that there actually aren't any markers that decide this. It is you that decides. It is subjective. It's a feeling. There'll be days when you wake up and you just feel like you're the right size. And so you allow yourself to feel good. And there'll be other times where you're just not feeling very good and you feel larger. And then you make yourself feel worse. And that's why you might wake up one day feeling really bad, take a photo and then look back on it in a week or two and say, oh, I I actually think that I look good then. Or the opposite, you'll wake up uh, feeling really great, feeling small. And I say that with quotation marks (laughs) in the air. (laughs) You'll wake up feeling great, wake up feeling kind of small and you'll take a photo and then a few weeks later be like, oh no, I was wrong. I actually think that I look larger there. So the first step is sort of realizing that there are no physical markers for this that are consistent. It really is a feeling. Okay, It's not actually how we look, it's how we're feeling. And so we are actually the ones that are deciding when we will or will not feel good. We are deciding when we are or are not worthy of receiving our own love. So now I'm going to ask you again, why is it bad to be larger. Now, for my client, what came up for her is, first of all, she was actually bullied for being so-called fat. She was bullied at school and she gained this belief from her mum as well. And we kept diving back like, okay, well, when was the first time that this happened? What's your first experience? And there were memories where she was specifically bullied for being fat and then we went back further and further and then what popped up for her was you know what I actually remember being told to be quiet by my mum a lot like even before the fat stuff was an issue she was often told to shh and like be quiet and to be smaller and she had these beliefs start to be formed when she was very young, like sitting at the dinner table, that she needed to be small. She needed to be quiet, to be accepted and to be worthy of receiving love. Now, of course, her mom telling her to be quiet and not to interrupt, that's not a bad thing. So we're not blaming anybody else. But when she remembered This, these memories of her being told to be quiet and make herself small, she realized that that was when that belief truly started that it was bad to be big. It was bad to be large. It was bad to take up space. Now, I want you as a listener to reflect on yourself. When did it become a bad thing to be larger? Because your memories, of course, will be different. So now we've found where it sort of started. And what is the actual fear here? So when she was both being, you know, bullied for being fat, and I say that with quotation marks, and even earlier than that, when she was told to be quiet and told to be small, the fear is around being rejected. There's a fear of rejection, the fear of being excluded, the fear of being unloved. And if we feel unloved, we then feel unsafe because it's a threat to our survival if we're excluded by the group. There's a fear of judgment because all we wanna do is fit in. We wanna be loved, we wanna fit in, we wanna be seen and heard and appreciated. But if you are being bullied for being fat or told to be quiet or told that you're, you're being too loud, you then want to make yourself smaller to fit in, to be accepted, to be loved. Okay, so let's say broadly the fear is around rejection. Okay, And it's not actually that being larger is bad, but it's that we don't want to be excluded. That's the real fear that's being played on. Now, where did they learn this belief from? They also learned it from somebody else, right? You know, you picked this up from your parents and they picked it up from their parents and they picked it up from their parents and so on and so forth. So everybody else is actually experiencing this same fear, this fear that it's bad to be large. And they are then projecting it onto you to make themselves feel better. So they are actually suffering themselves because they believe it is bad to be large and they are scared of being excluded. They are scared of being rejected. They are scared of being unloved. And so they put that onto somebody else so that they can make themselves feel that they are better off, that they are smaller than than somebody else in comparison. So when we think of it in this way and we realize that other people are just projecting their fears, that these beliefs are not true, it's a little easier to not take it personally because everybody is just projecting something that isn't true and it means that they themselves are living in fear because if you think at the end of the day we are all just kids we all have our inner child we all just want to be loved and accepted and seen and heard so if somebody is pushing this fear onto you I mean I honestly feel sorry for them because they're just a kid that is experiencing this fear that they've picked up from their own parents right they are just projecting their own fears they are living with this belief that they are not worthy if they are larger and it's not true so if somebody is bullying you you know and even if it's your parents that have this belief you can see through the illusion you can see that they are actually just suffering because they are putting these expectations and requirements on themselves, right? And again, it's actually not personal. They're just projecting their fears. It's actually got nothing to do with you. They're just living in their own judgment. So I feel understanding that makes it a little easier for you, yourself, to see that belief as no longer a part of you and not attached to you. Like I said, it's not the actual truth. It's just a belief that somebody else has told you. Now I want you to ask yourself, do you exclude or judge anybody else because of their size? Do you decide who you hang out with based on somebody's size? Are you rude to people because of their size? Now I'm sure 99% of people are going to say that they don't treat anybody any differently because of their size. I, mean, I definitely don't. I don't pay any attention to it. I love people who I love hanging out with, you know. It's got nothing to do with their physical body. So why do we then assume that other people are judging us in this way? And like I said before, if you actually meet somebody who treats you differently because of your size, We can know that that person is actually suffering because they are putting those judgments and expectations on themselves. They are projecting their own fears. It's not personal. And then we can also let those people go. That person is living in fear and projecting those judgments onto other people. Do you really care about what they think? if they're, you know, open, openly judging people and and judging them based on their size, then that's not really an opinion I'm going to hold in high esteem. Why would I put my self-worth into their hands when they don't even believe that they are worthy because they have expectations around their own love for themselves So if somebody else is actually judging you in that way, why would you give your self-worth and happiness to them for them to decide when they can't even appreciate and love themselves? Okay, so there's a few things there. First of all, recognizing that you don't judge anybody for their size. So most people are not going to judge you for your size. And if somebody does, we know that they are projecting. We don't take it personally. They are actually the ones that are suffering. How do you know if somebody is actually judging you on your size? Okay, you might have been told this before, like the, what she, what my client experienced in primary school, so a long time ago. But as an adult, it's very rare, very, 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 very rare, that somebody would actually openly judge you for your size, right? We normally make, we normally think those thoughts ourselves and what I found with my client Sally, she's actually the one that was deciding each day how she felt that she looked, right? Because we are our own worst critic, right? So she was actually deciding when she was feeling larger and when she was feeling smaller. She was the one deciding That if she was larger today, she would feel bad. And if she was smaller today, she would feel good. So this belief that was based around the fear of rejection from others was actually being enforced by herself on a daily basis. Now see if that resonates with you. This fear that was based on being excluded and judged by other people she was enforcing on herself every day. So I want you to recognize that this belief is not yours. It has come from outside of you. It has come from somebody else. But when you carry this belief, you are the one enforcing your worst fear on yourself. You are the one deciding when you are rejected. You are the one deciding when you will be excluded. You are the one deciding that you will not be worthy of love today because you are, in quotation marks, larger. So recognize that this belief that's not even yours, the suffering that comes with it is actually coming from within you. The suffering that is coming from this belief is coming from within you. You are the only person deciding if you will feel good or bad today. Now, why are you doing that? Is somebody else less worthy because they are larger? Is somebody else more worthy if they are smaller? Usually, like when we talk about other people, we're like, no, they're worthy no matter what. <laughs> They deserve to be treated the same no matter what. We always say that for other people. What stops you from saying that about yourself? Don't you think that you deserve to feel worthy no matter what? Don't you think that you deserve to have fun and laugh no matter what? Don't you think that what you have to say matters no matter what you look like? So how can you start to decide that you are worthy of love every single day, regardless of how you look? Let's start by looking at the benefits of actually being larger. Let's find evidence that being larger and taking up space is actually advantageous because changing these beliefs is about understanding them, healing them, and then finding evidence of a new belief. You know, you can't just say I love myself and I'm worthy no matter what if you don't actually believe it. It's not going to work. So we want to find evidence so that we can believe this to be true and start to change that belief. So what are some of the benefits of being larger and taking up space? Well, putting yourself out there. You know, nothing happens if you don't try. So being seen, being heard, they're great things. Being confident, you know, speaking your truth fearlessly, taking up space in that way, hugely advantageous. Now let's look at people that you actually admire and people that you look up to. You know, is this person famous or well-known? Are they a pioneer in their field, in their industry? You know, some examples that come to mind for me is uh, Aubrey Marcus, who he runs a very spiritual sort of podcast, and he has a lot of incredible guests on. Or Teal Swan, who's also a spiritual teacher. She's very big on YouTube. Now, think of your own person, someone that you admire. It might be a celebrity like Miley Cyrus. I don't know. Now, who decided that they were allowed to take up space? Who decided that they were allowed to speak and be heard? Who decided that they were allowed to be confident? Who gave them permission to start being larger? Nobody decided but them. Because before they had a big following, before they were well-known, they would have had zero followers. Nobody that knew their name. They decided for themselves that they were worthy to share what it is they are passionate about, who they are. They decided that they were worthy. You know, nobody else decides that. And these people that you admire, do they all look the same? Do you follow them because of the way that they look? Do you follow them just because of their body? There might be a few people who give you physical body admiration or inspiration, people that have a body that inspires you and that look after their health. But the people that you really admire, the work that they do, the people in your industry, do you actually care about what they look like? Or is it the message and the quality of their energy that you're interested in? Because a lot of the people that we admire the most, we don't give a shit about how they look. I mean, what about like Gary V? if you're familiar with the name, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think is how it's pronounced. He's like a huge sales, marketing, and like motivational business guy. He just rocks up in like t-shirt and shorts. He doesn't look that (laughs) flash. But people follow him for his message. Like no one cares what he looks like. And think about why you follow these people, what you admire about them the sort of message that they share, the quality of who they are as a person. This is what people are actually interested in. Now, additionally, in rewriting these beliefs around our body, you might have a habit of being self-critical of your body. So to rewrite this, my body is bad or my body is not allowed to be large, let's start to find evidence of how your body is actually serving you. Start to find evidence of how your body is actually worthy worthy of receiving love you can start by just making a list of 10 things that your body does well like breathing air (laughs) my body's always breathing for me does such a good job of that I don't even have to think about it love it might be going to the toilet I love that feeling of peeing when you you've needed to pee all day and then you finally go and it's like oh my god the relief I mean, that's a feeling to be grateful for. Good thing your body can do that. What about orgasms? Orgasms are fucking awesome. They make me feel good. <laughs> they make anybody feel good. And we can be appreciative of that. What about your legs and your feet? They walk you everywhere. They fucking, your feet, they don't catch a break, you know, they carry you everywhere all the time. Anytime you need to walk somewhere, they're there for you. And what about your, arms for cuddling man I just love a good hug and there is such like different qualities of hugs with different people like you there's like a certain type of hug that you get with your mom and a certain type of hug with your sister certain type of hug with your friends what about spooning with your partner your romantic partner these are all things that your body does a fucking good job of and we can start to appreciate those little things You know, even maybe it's your hands, maybe you have knife skills, maybe you're a chef, maybe you're a musician. What can your hands do for you? Start to find evidence that your body is doing a great job. Things that we can appreciate and maybe even love about your body. Reflect on that list of 10 things, you know, for a week, and then maybe you can add another 10 things and see if you can keep going. Now, once you start to really build on this relationship with your body and start to really love your body, I want you to see how it crosses over into other areas of your life. So I've used my client Sally as an example. And again, that's just a made up name. Sally was feeling bad for being larger. She felt that she needed to be small to be happy or to be allowed to feel good. And she felt that if she was, larger you know she didn't deserve to have fun that 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 was a bad thing this was showing up in her business by making her hesitate from uh, making sales she would hesitate from showing up on her Instagram she would put herself down if she didn't look good and she'd talk herself out of you know showing up and doing her work which is really interesting because her she thought her physical body would have nothing to do with her business but when we worked through this relationship with her body and she started to really see and feel that love and appreciation for her body, she started to show up in her business with more confidence, with more reliability, more consistency, speaking her truth more fearlessly, including in her conversations with other people. Because she let go of this, you know, trying to read minds and trying to figure out if other people were judging her. She just let that go. Because she understood that if they did judge her, that judgment is actually their own and it is not a truth about her. It has nothing to do with her. That's just their own projections. Her relationship with her partner became a lot better as well because her own mood was more consistent and she wasn't looking for that sort of external validation. She was able to really find that love and stability from within. So this week... Write out 10 things that you love and appreciate about your body right now. It can be as simple as breathing, going to the toilet, orgasms, things like that. And then see how this crosses over into other areas of your life. I hope you found this podcast helpful. I feel like I've just given you all an actual coaching session and really explained, you know, how the mind works and how we can change these beliefs it's a fascinating process. It's so liberating and it's so empowering. And what I want to talk to you about now is if you want to get a deeper, more loving relationship with your body, that I'm so fucking excited to announce my first ever in-person event. I'm going to be hosting an ecstatic dance event. So this means that I'll be DJing, I'll be setting the mood and I'll be taking you on a journey, a journey through the movement um, practice of dance. So ecstatic dance is really beautiful. It gives you an opportunity to get out of the logical mind, to let go of our conscious state and to just step into our body and to truly get lost in movement. It's a very healing practice. It's a very meditative Um, And it's very transformative if you've ever experienced trauma and if you feel a little disconnected from your body. This is your opportunity to sort of come home into a really safe space where you can move in any way that you like. You'll be held, you'll be loved, you'll be supported and a super positive atmosphere. This is obviously a sober event. Uh, There will be a little bit of cacao provided at the start. Cacao is a plant medicine. It is uh, non hallucinogenic. It's just a plant medicine and it works by opening the heart chakra. It tastes like hot chocolate. <laughs> so it's really yummy. I'll be giving everybody just a small dose of cacao, making everybody feel welcome, doing a bit of an introduction, and then we will get into the music. So I'm really excited about having music in my life again because I actually have a diploma in musical theater. I used to sing, dance, act, I used to have an agent and go to auditions. And when I moved on from the performing arts, I didn't really see it coming back into my life. And so I'm really excited to be DJing now and to have a way to bring my love of music and movement into my life. And I feel so excited to hold the space for such a beautiful practice as ecstatic dance. So I would love, love, love to meet you in person and to have you join me on this beautiful journey. This ecstatic dance event is going to be very fun, very lighthearted. It'll feel like your inner child is coming out to play. (laughs) There'll be some house music, some disco. There will be some tribal, so you can really get lost in the rhythm. It's going to be all around super fucking fun. Like I have, you know, my mix sort of, the outline of it ready to go and I'm so so pumped to share it with you. So this event is going to be on Saturday the 14th of May, 6 to 8 p.m. Tickets are strictly limited to 15 because it is my first in-person event, we are keeping that tickets uh, places limited to 15. And at the time of recording this, I think we've already sold four. So I'd love to see you in person. I would love for you to come. Saturday, the 14th of May, 6 to 8 p.m. Tickets are $44, which is so, so, so affordable for such a fun and transformative event. I'll put the link below so you can buy your ticket. And if you want to work through what comes up for you in that ecstatic dance event you can also add on a private coaching session with me because it will be a very meditative meditative experience it will be a huge release there might be some trapped emotions that are released in this process and you can add on a session with me if you like but just dm me on instagram if you want to add on an extra session So yeah, link below for tickets, send me a message on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know if this podcast resonates with you. Maybe if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on Instagram. I hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll talk again soon. Bye.